This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus in your overall investment tax and estate planning. And your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And today, we're going to have our third part of registered accounts and dealing with them. So the first uh, couple of weeks ago, we talked about TFSAs, how they work, and the facts about them. And then we kind of integrate in how do you deal with them when you're putting together your estate plan. And then last week, we talked about RRSPs, you know, managing your RRSP, what's the best way to do that, all the different things associated with setting up an RRSP. And then finally estate planning for your RSP. So today, what we're going to do is our actual specialty, RIF accounts. So dealing with a RIF account, how do you set it up? What's the best way to structure it? What are the rules and regulations regarding your RIF account? And then finally, how do you deal with your RIF account when you're putting together your estate plan? So those of you who have a RIF or you're uh, just about to open a RIF soon, then this is uh, essential to uh, listen in and get the, uh, the reading information on this. Also joining us today is uh, Ronick Lang. He's um, Chief Investment Officer at Durham Asset Management. He's going to join us to tell us a little bit about where he sees interest rates going. As you know, in, in Canada this week, we raised interest rates again. And um, so what that means is on one side, if you're somebody that's borrowing money, it's going to be a lot more onerous on you. But if you're on somebody on the other side where you're actually loaning money out to, a, you know, buying a bond fund or buying bonds or buying GICs. This is great for you because you're getting higher and higher rates every time they do that. And you're locking in those rates. So we're going to talk to Rona and uh, see, is it better to go short term again? Or can now that we're near the end of that cycle, perhaps going with longer term bonds. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that too. But first, I want to tell you about a state planning workshop that we have coming up on July 26th. Uh, you know, our senior trust advisor on our team, his name is Manish Gasrani. He's going to join uh, in with the uh, webinar that I'm going to uh, put on. It's going to be at 11 o'clock on July 26th. We're going to talk about choosing an executor, how do you choose powers of attorney, the duties of an executor, um, and then agent of executor is somebody that can help out. If you choose an executor that might need a little bit of uh, assistance, that's what they can do is they can hire this agent for executor. And then uh, we're going to talk about... Um, everything associated with estate planning and, and what I've been talking about the last two or three weeks here on the show in terms of TFSA, RSP, RIF accounts, your open investment accounts, dealing with your house, dealing with cottages, all of those kinds of things when you're doing estate planning. So if you want to join us, no cost, it's a virtual session. All you got to do is push the green button, turn your laptop on, and you're ready to go. July 26th at 11 a.m. So if you want to join, all you got to do is call Dominic now, one 891 26 37 to get yourself registered. You can also go to our website, and that's, um, of course, it's primetimemoney, all one word, .ca, and there you just go to uh, the seminar section, and again, just uh, add in your uh, email address, and Dominique will send you the registration. It's easy as that. So the number again is one 891 
2637. You can do call now or call after the show. And if you have to leave your name and number, go ahead and do it and Dominique will get back to you. Okay. Do you have a Riff account? Or do you have an RSP account? Are you going to be turning 71 this year? Stay right there. I'm going to go over estate planning for your RSP and Riff account. I'm Richard Infantino and this is Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. Do you have a Riff account or are you have a RSP account and you could be turning 71 this year? Well, you have to turn it over into a Riff account and start drawing out income in your 72nd year. But a big thing here now is once you get into a Riff account, you got to look at taking RRSP, which is savings plan, the SP part, and then you're going to convert it to IF, which is an income fund. So the idea behind all that is to change from savings-type investments into income-type investments. And that's our specialty for the last, um, you know, 25, 28 years that we've been doing this. Our specialty is uh, RIF accounts and dealing with uh, everything to do with uh, RIF accounts. So I'm going to give you some of the the main things we've learned over the last 25 years or so and um, give you some ideas. And I have a great handout here for you uh, looking at estate planning for your RSP and RIF. And And the big reason why we're talking about this today is when, you know, 25... 28 years ago, what would happen is people had RIF accounts and they might be two or 300,000. Now you can commute pensions and you, can, and you uh, have different types of plans where you're moving around and you can move them in. So we have lots of clients now um, out there that have large, large sums of money and the, and the bulk of their wealth is inside of these RIF accounts. So we have clients that have, you know, half, um, $1.5 million in an, an RSP and a RIF account. So that's going to create some tax problems down the line. And the way that you have to attack that while you're going through retirement is essential so that you get the use of the money, you get the money to your, your beneficiaries, you know, the, the most efficient way possible. Because you got to remember on death, say for instance, um, you have in your account $700,000. And what happens is the fair market value of your RIF on the date that your death becomes income and you get a, a tax slip. So you're going to get a T4 RIF slip for $700,000. So it's just like when you're working, get a T4 slip. So now if I get a T4 slip for $700,000, what tax bracket is that going to bump me into? It's going to bump you into the top brackets. You're going to pay 53 54% tax on that RIF account that you've saved up your whole life. So it's essential that you understand how to, how to deal with all that as you go through retirement and look at tax brackets. You look at the management of the account. And then you look at, okay, how do we designate beneficiaries for this account? Because if you do, um, it's important because you don't have to pay the probate part of it. Because adding probate on top of the, the tax would be, you know, making the tax 60, 65% down the line, you know. So it's, it becomes very onerous. So now if you have a spouse and you have a RIF account, the essential thing that you want to do is you're going to name them as what's called successor annuitant, not beneficiary. And the reason you do that is if you choose a successor annuitant, on the time of death, having that annuitant there, your whole riff rolls into their riff immediately. It doesn't go into the will, and it doesn't go into the estate. If you designate it as a beneficiary, then it could get caught up in the estate process. It doesn't mean you're going to pay tax on it, but it just means you're going to get caught up in that process, and that could give you some problems. So that means um, if you have a spouse. Now, a spouse could mean a married spouse, or a common-law partner. So 
you would know if you're designated with with either one of those. So again, the key thing that I, we've learned over the years is you want to designate your spouse, you know, as a uh, successor annuitant, not as a beneficiary. Now, if you have uh, a mind, if you're going to give the money to uh, financially dependent, like some people um, have, you know, grandkids that are, um, you know, financially dependent, they live with them. In this case, you could do some different types of uh, uh, things with, you know, designating the, the, that minor child as a beneficiary. And then there's ways to roll that over in terms of you could, you know, put it into what's called a term certain annuity. The same thing can happen if you have a disabled child or a grandchild. There's a rollover technique that you would use to transfer it to someone who's disabled that's, that's financially dependent on you. And then you can roll that over. The other thing you got to look at is uh, who else could you designate when you're doing a beneficiary? You could have a third party, so somebody that's not related to you at all. Again, you're going to pay the fair market value on the RIF at death, and uh, they would get the, the benefits of that, but they wouldn't have to um, you know, pay the probate if you name them as a beneficiary. Um, what if you designate somebody that's a non-resident? Does that cause any type of a problem? Well, they can be rolled over to anybody uh, as long as they have a valid social insurance number. And it's done by way of a direct transfer. So you can do those types of things. If they don't have a SIN, um, then it's basically subject to, um, in this case, we, we've had this happen. You could be subject to non-resident tax. So it comes out and you'd pay a non-resident tax on that amount of money. And it's, um, today it's 25%. So those are the things when you're looking at, you know, taking care of the estate planning on your RSP and your RIF account. Also associated with that is um, looking at the doc, you know, making sure that you got the documentation correct and you have proof of that documentation. So if there's ever an issue between the will and somebody uh, contesting the will and the documentation, make sure you have um, with your advisor, you have it all all documented. I know that I have um, a special file and we have it all in paper. We don't even have it. We have it virtually. We also we have it digitally, but we also have it on paper so that if there is a problem down the line, that we know exactly that uh, you're designated. If you don't know, then you should be going out uh, right away and checking because on passing, it could be a, a major problem if you you haven't designated anybody. It goes directly to your state, and you're going to have to pay the probate on that amount of money down the line. So, things to cons- be concerned about in terms of uh, estate planning for your RSP and your RIF account. Now, I have a great guide for you called Estate Planning for Your RIF Account. And here's what it goes through. It goes through the taxation at death of your RIF account, how to designate um, beneficiaries, uh, how to designate your spouse as a successor annuitant. So we're going to tell you exactly how to do that. Uh, Designating a child or a grandchild as a beneficiary, how to um, set up um, your account for a disabled child or grandchild. Now, there is a, a tax... Um, avenue for you to transfer the money from the uh, the RIF account to an RDSP and it explains how you do that or a Henson Trust. So for those of you that have uh, disabled family, you'd know all about those. And then, um, you know, basically if you have someone that's uh, going to be a beneficiary, one of your children lives in the United States or lives abroad and they're non-resident, um, how do you deal with all of that and what are the rules and regulations for that? And the best part is it's free for the asking. It's the RBC Wealth Management uh, Special Reports, and it's called Estate Planning for your RSP or RIF, and it's free for the asking. All you got to do is call Dominique now, 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637. 
37. That's called estate planning for your RRSP and your RIF account. Okay, stay right there. We have Ronick Lang joining us. He's going to tell us all about what's happening with interest rates now and going forward. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And joining us now is Ronick Lang. He's Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager at Durham Asset Management. Hey, good morning, Ronick. Thanks for uh, joining us again this morning. Hey, happy to be here. You know what? We wanted to have you on the show because, you know, we sitting back, you're looking at, uh, you know, rates out there and what's been happening. And, uh, you know, in Canada, you know, the other day raised rates again. Um, so when you look at that, situation and how far it's come from, you know, like zero or zero percent all the way up. Like, can, can more rate increases happen, Ronick, in your opinion? So, so let, let, let's look at the situation currently, okay? So Bank of Canada, after eight consecutive raises, paused and paused for two months. And then they looked at the data and they decided, well, no, we need a little bit of more tightening. Um, so so they, they raise the rate for two more times. Now the question becomes is what are they going to do next? Well, everything is a data-driven. Um, I think uh, increasing two more times uh, is good enough. They should look at the data for next two months. Obviously, they are getting a break also because there is no uh, meeting in August. Um, so I think in the September, they will look at the data and then uh, then take a decision over there. But in my opinion, I think um, we know that the, all the inflation which they are targeting right now is caused by more by mortgage rates, uh, mortgage payments, and housing cost. If you take those out, um, we are at 2.5, which is very much in, in range of the Bank of Canada. Um, the second thing, if you look at the south of us, um, the U.S., uh, U.S. came up with the 3% which is very supportive of taking a pause or ending the cycle. So, considering these two things, the, the, the inflation is definitely not where they want, but it is a trending downward. I think they should take another pause and review it uh, after some time. I'm hoping that this, this might be the last of it. But again, as you said, market, you cannot predict anything. So, uh, we cannot be 100% sure. But I, th- I think we are very much at the end of the rate hike cycle. Yeah, because, um, you know, when you, you go out there and talk to the public like I do, and I have clients that are business owners and small business owners, a lot of them are struggling. So, you know, these, these rate increases have, have hurt their business, you know. So I think yeah. you're, you're, you're near a point where, you know, you're going to push, you may be pushing, uh, you know, some of these businesses to the brink. Yeah, definitely. Bank of Canada has to balance a few things. Do they really want to hurt the economy or, or, or they do really want to, to, to for, for the price of um, keeping the target rate on inflation? Um, so I, I think that is why it is important for them to, to have a data-driven uh, decision. And they should definitely look for the next two months of data before they make any, any decision on it. Um, but because the inflation is declining, uh, I think they will come to the conclusion that uh, they don't need to raise anymore. Yeah. So overall, what 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 does that mean for bonds now? All these continuous rate increases, and and what does it mean for bonds? You know, up until t- this point, and then what does it mean going forward? 
So uh, up till now, we all were worried about, and we all know that uh, when the rates goes higher, bond valuation goes down. Okay. Uh, but most of the people also also uh, uh, understand that most of the things in the capital markets are priced in. So uh, um, as I said, it's not 100% that they will not go for, they will pause. But uh, again, whatever it is, it is being priced in, uh, probably a slight chance that they might uh, might increase the rate. But in terms of going forward, I can tell you that we we do have a, uh, a yield current yield that's 5.50%. So obviously the expectation that uh, for the next year, bonds will return about 5.5%. I think that is a pretty good return in a long-term basis too. Uh, so so that, that's where bonds will perform. I don't think there is a uh, kind of a fear which we have last year that the bonds will uh, uh, will be below par. Uh, I think I think that time is gone now. So like when you're um, managing your bond fund now and then you have money coming in, are you going longer term or shorter term? Uh, so expecting that there will be some rate in next one year, uh, I am definitely adding to the duration. Whenever I get the new money, I do add uh, add the, the money into uh, anywhere from ten to ten to fifteen year bonds or five to ten year bonds. Uh, just keeping my weighted average duration slightly above the bench. Like so, what would you be getting then? Like you know, right now, if you're adding to bonds that are, you know, say ten years, ten to fifteen years, what kind of rates are you getting? So the the expectation is that the the long term rate should be two percent. Okay. Okay. And uh, considering um, uh, a real rate of return, one or two percent, and then uh, that should be reflected in ten years. And ten years is uh, is quite up right now. So I'm expecting that once the rate high cycle is done, we are looking for a stable uh, inflation, uh, and then the stable inflation expectation. Uh, the ten years and longer bonds will start uh, uh, showing uh, reducing in yields. That will give me additional profit at uh, at the end of the year. Okay, so the idea is if you go a little bit longer term compared to, you know, one or two year term, if the interest rates move in, in your, like in your benefit, at the end yeah. of the day, you're going to make a bigger profit on the longer end, right? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Longer end is bigger profits. So like right now, at the shorter end, you look at it, there will be a drastic change in when the rates start cut. But as because there is a duration, uh, uh, there is a direct relationship between a longer duration and the change in prices, and, and that will give more benefit on a long end rather than a short end. Right. So you're looking at a couple of things here. So like someone um, that had money in their open account would probably want to do that because then they could get capital gains and interest rather than straight interest. Is, is that what you're doing? Definitely. Right now, uh, I'm sure... Most of the mutual fund funds or funds will have a capital gains because everything is uh, is uh, trading lower lower than par, uh, and we will start creeping towards par as per the nature of the bond, either going to the maturity or when the rates start falling. So, uh, so definitely there will be a tax slips for the for the capital gains coming in. Oh, okay. So that's tax beneficial. So for an open account, because what you're yes. saying, Ronick, you know, this for the listeners so they understand. When you're buying a bond, say for instance, it's a, a ten thousand dollar bond. You can buy this bond at nine thousand five hundred dollars. You yes. might get a lower coupon, right? You might get three percent coupon, but you're going to make a five hundred dollar profit plus a three percent coupon. Is that what you're talking about? That's, that's what I'm talking about because, as I said, nature of the bonds, they always go to the par. So if yeah. you're buying par right now, 
whatever you uh, uh, you gain is considered as a capital gains, and the rest of the things are are interest income. Oh, okay. So um, tell us about your fund now. Like, what's in your fund, and what have you been doing with your bond fund? Um, our bond fund is Dami Corporate Bond Fund. It's a pure Canadian, uh, geographically uh, uh, situated, and it is a corporate bond fund. Uh, I I am uh, slowly, slowly adding high-quality names to it um, because I, I do think that there will be, we will be have a soft landing or a very small recession. Um, so so high-quality names uh, give me a little bit of more uh, yield compared to Canada bonds, and that's what I'm adding right now. We are performing okay uh, compared to our competition, and as I said, we do expect a 5.5% of return going forward from here to the next one year. Yeah, so um, so if somebody's, what, what's the name of the fund, um, Ronick? It's a Demi Corporate Bond Fund, uh, uh, DUR103 is the, the funds of code. So D-A-M-I, is that what you're saying? D-A-M-I Corporate Bond Fund. Okay. Now that Corporate Bond Fund, so if a listener was to uh, purchase that fund, like does it pay a distribution out? Uh, we, we are supposed to pay the distribution because of the last year the fund uh, uh, was down, as with everybody else. Yeah. Current distribution is not tax efficient, but the moment we, we have a current distribution which will be profitable to our clients, we will definitely do that. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's the um, the name of the fund again, one more time, Ronick is? Jammy Corporate Bond Fund. Okay. All right, that's great, uh, Ronak. We always appreciate you coming on the show and bringing us up to speed what's happening here with interest rates because I know it's of concern of all the listeners out there, what's happening with rates and how is that going to uh, affect your investments. Richard, always happy to talk to you. All right, you take care. Take care, thanks. All right, bye. Okay, that was Ronick Lang. He's the Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager at Durham Asset Management. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. Distributions are not guaranteed and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Durham Asset Management. Okay, that's all the time that we have for today's show. Don't forget to call Dominic to get a copy of this week's guides or to register for our upcoming workshop. Again, the number is 1-866-891-2637. And of course, you can always go to our website, primetimemoney.ca. I'm also available if you're interested in uh, getting some more information on how to manage your RIF account. All you got to do is give Dominic a call and ask for that. Too. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you all back here next week, Sunday at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.